Hi, this is Marcus, and I just want to welcome you to the Timbers Church Podcast. We're excited that you're here. One of the things that we aim to do is to add some value to your life, to your family, to our community, and our world. We do so by exploring the truths that come from God's Word. So start the journey with us and hit subscribe and check out this podcast every week. Now, let's dive into this week's message. How's everybody doing this morning? My prayer for you this last month has really been that that you would be healthy and whole, that you would stay strong and confident, and for you to really feel the presence of a living God in your own lives. That's been my prayer for you. And I, I have to admit, man, this quarantine stuff, it, it is a little bit hard for me. I, I, I don't know if it is for you, but it is for me. Personally, I just don't like it one bit. And it seems it seems to me like, like my emotions keep jumping all over the place. First, I'm feeling this. Then I'm over here like I, I, I felt sad one day and then I felt a little bit angry another day. And and there's these times where I feel a little bit uncertain. I haven't really felt too much fear. Maybe maybe you, you're there where you felt some fear. But I do know this. I know that regardless of what we're feeling, I know that we're going to get through to the other side. We're going to come out better than we, what we were. And so I'm believing for the best is yet to come. But all of those feelings that you feel, they do lead us to sort of wrestling with a question, a big question. And the question is this, now what? Now what? With all this, now what? And that's really what I want to title today's message or this series that we're going to kick off today is Now What? So if you do want to take notes, you can write Now What? Part 1. That's what we're going to going to talk about today. Because last week we finished up a series that led us right up into Easter. Last Sunday was Easter Sunday. And uh, and so we look at what happens after Easter and we have to ask that question. Okay, Easter's done. We, we had all this build up and now what? Right? Now what are we going to do now that Easter is gone? If you have your Bibles, let's get them out and let's open them up to John chapter 20. John chapter 20 is where we're going to be today. Uh, and we're going to stay close to the Easter story just for a few more weeks. Okay? Just the reason why is because one Sunday, Easter Sunday, is not enough to cover everything that happens in the Easter story. And we even had a series three weeks, and three weeks wasn't enough to cover it all. Okay? There's so much to this story. Everything that we believe sort of is is built upon what happened on Easter. And so we just sort of want to go back to that period of time and sort of look at some of the things that happened after Easter. And so I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think there's something here that can apply to our daily lives and our current situation that we find ourselves in right now. So let's go to John chapter 20. We're going to start with verse 1 and read all the way through verse 18. It's a long portion of scripture, but we're going to do it in one sweep, and then we're going to come back and then we'll unpack it together says this, John chapter 20, verse 1 through 18. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked at in at the strips of linen that were lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside and he, he saw and he believed. 
They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken the Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Teacher, Jesus said, Do not hold me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Let's pray. God, we just want to invite you into this message today to speak clearly to us. Lord, we pray, Father, Lord God, that you will open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, and open our minds that we might understand and soften our hearts so that we'll be able to receive all that you speak. And then, God, I pray, Father, that you'll give us the strength and the courage to put all that you speak into action because we do not want to just be hearers of your word. We want to be doers. Help us to be your church. And everybody, wherever you are today, said, Amen. Amen. Let's jump back here to the question that is our series. Now what? Because this is a question that I believe personally that we are all sort of facing lately. In just sort of the last several weeks and the last month, we've been facing this question. Matter of fact, I think back to March, right? Back in March when like March is coming, there is a lot of excitement, right? Because of sports, right? A lot of you were excited about March madness, right? Me personally, not so much. I was more excited about March madness, right? The wrestling, NCAA wrestling tournament was coming up and for the first time like it was in my own backyard it was here in Minneapolis I'm like yes taking the day off of work I'm going to be all about the tournament right but guess what all of a sudden as close as it was it was like the rug got pulled out from underneath me it was canceled and I was devastated I know some that were planning on vacations to Disney World, right? They're going to Disney World. It's going to be the best family vacation of their lives and then all of a sudden Disney World gets closed. And then there were some of you who you went to the store hoping to buy some toilet paper. And you were like, man, I wish I would have done this a week before the quarantine. And you're wondering, okay, now what? What am I going to do with this circumstance? Those are devastating moments, right? But the truth of the matter is, they're a little bit funny as well. Well, maybe not so funny. But there are things that are much heavier than that, much bigger than that. And some of us are facing those bigger things. You're sitting there and you've been laid off of work. Some of you have lost your paycheck and you don't know where your next meal is going to come from because of that. Some of you have family members who have come down with a virus. They are sick and they're not feeling so well. And there are some of you who maybe have even lost somebody that was close to you. Those are things that are not fun. And they're things that are actually quite scary. And they leave us wrestling with the question, okay, now what? Right now, as we face this whole pandemic thing, we're wrestling with these questions and we're trying to figure out what is our next move? 
What is our next move for ourselves, right? What is our next move for our families? Because we want to be protectors and providers for them, right? We want, we want what's best for our family. We're thinking of our business, our small business, especially, right? How are we going to get through this season? How are we going to come out and survive? How, how is our community going to come together and become stronger? How are we going to get through on that? So we're, we're wrestling with these things of sort of what is our next step here? Pandemic or no pandemic, the truth of the matter is, now what moments have always been woven into our lives. It's just a part of our lives. Sometimes they are because of some big event like right now, but other times they're something big that happened into our life and then the now what moment comes more from our response to the big thing, right? Our responses are really so important. See, when plans, when plans get turned upside down in our life, We respond by several uh, different ways. Some respond by sort of just getting really discouraged. I mean, they just find themselves, they're unhappy. Life is not working out the way that they had planned and they just get depressed, right? And that's how they respond. Others, they respond by lashing out. They get angry and they start to sort of lose control of the emotions inside. And so they look for a, a place to sort of release all that extra energy. And oftentimes when they do release, it's an explosion that actually damages relationships they care deeply about. Others, they try to drown it out, right? And, and, and it's like they just want to cover everything up. And so they try to disconnect from what's happening out there by simply grabbing their phone, their device, and just spending all this time on social media, just sort of scrolling, scroll, scroll, scroll. Or maybe they hop on Netflix and begin begin binge watching Tiger King or some other show that's out there, and they're just watching this show over and over and again. They're they're opening up the fridge, they're getting out the comfort food, and they they're gaining several pounds during this time frame. Why? Because they need that comfort in order to sort of soothe what they're feeling. Others of us go to deeper things where we turn to alcohol and we begin drinking more than what we should. Some of us begin to surf things on the internet that we shouldn't be looking at, porn, right? And it just sort of is trying to fill a void that is, is there, but it's the wrong thing and it's damaging us. Some of us are craving that prescription medicine that somebody signed off to us and we're taking more than what we should. Others of us are, are looking for maybe something that's not prescription, and we're turning to drugs or turning to something to, to sort of dull or, or numb what we're feeling. There's so many different ways that we can respond to this. Some are trying to just run away from it all, pretend like it doesn't exist, hide, escape the reality that they're facing. And, and what I've noticed is that some in that moment, they actually run away from even God. Because as they look at this, they, they think, how could God let this happen? I don't see him. I don't feel him. And this hurts. And my pain and my confusion with all this makes me think that he doesn't exist. And so guess what, God? I'm out. I'm no longer going to follow you. I don't believe that you even exist. What do you do when you're dealing with one of these big moments in life how do you respond? Because the, 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 the thing that I keep thinking about is I'm like, how we respond is going to determine our future, right? It's going to affect our lives forever. This is a moment that will become a defining moment for you and for me. How will we respond? Will we respond in such a way that will actually lead us to living a better life, a stronger life, or will it lead us to a place that destroys our life because of the decisions and habits that we implemented during this period of time? 
Today, I want to look at what happened shortly after the Easter story, because when you stop and think about Easter and that whole story, you realize that there were some people that were following Jesus. They loved Jesus a lot, and they spent a lot of time with him. They went everywhere that he went, and and they even were there when Jesus was crucified on the cross. They watched him die. They cared deeply about this guy, and the real reality is that they expected Jesus to have a completely different outcome for his life. They expected him to become a great leader. They expected Jesus to become king of Israel and eventually king of the world. And they were like, we're going to be in with the king. And so they're following along close, and they're excited about this moment of Jesus sort of gaining in popularity and excited for his moment of, of like taking everything over. But then all of a sudden, Jesus gets arrested out of nowhere. He gets falsely accused. He gets, he gets eventually executed. Their Messiah, Jesus, was now dead. And that hope and that excitement that they were feeling in the moment was all of a sudden sucked out of the room. It was gone. And this is what Jesus' followers would have been feeling in this moment. They would have been wrestling with that question. Okay, now now what, guys? Where do we go from here? (laughs) What are we supposed to do now? He's not king of Israel anymore. He's dead. And our text that we looked at today was focusing in on this lady by the name of Mary Magdalene. And and she was not Jesus's mother. This isn't uh, Mary Mary the Virgin Mary, right? This is somebody else. This is actually uh, Mary who followed Jesus for a while. Mary actually, like when she came into the picture, she actually had seven demons that were living inside of her. She was tormented. She was a little bit crazy, okay? And Jesus cast all seven demons out. And the moment that he cast those demons out, that was the moment that forever changed her life. She was changed. She was set free. She she had had a new life now. And, and from that moment forward, she's like, I'm all in with following Jesus. Wherever he goes, I'm going. And so we don't know a lot about her, but we know that she was always seeming to be present with Jesus to the point where she was actually at the foot of the cross when Jesus breathed his last breath. So you can imagine the heartbreak that Mary had to have been feeling when, when we, we read this text, right? What do you do? When the person that you literally changed your whole life has now been executed in front of your own eyes. Well, she did what probably a lot of us would have done is she went to mourn him. She went to the grave, to the tomb. And what she did when she got there was, well, a little bit of a surprise, right? Because when she got there, she found that the tomb was empty and that caused her to a little bit panic because she's like thinking that somebody must have taken the body. Somebody must have stolen Jesus, the person that is my savior. He no longer has a place to 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 lay and, and this isn't good. And so she runs back to Peter and John. She goes, gets the guys and she's like, guys, and they jump into action as well. And they run to the tomb to see what she said is true, to see it for themselves. And sure enough, it was true. Jesus is no longer there. But now what? He's not there. He's not in the tomb. We checked it out. And so what do Peter and John do? Well, they head back home. We saw. He's not there. We believe Mary. But what do we do about it? Well, let's go home. And so they did. They left. They went home. But Mary, I want you to check this out. Mary, she, uh, she didn't leave. She didn't go home. If you saw in verse 11, it says this in verse 11, it says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb doing what? She was crying. 
she was crying. Can you imagine the emotion that she must have felt in this moment? I mean, her savior was dead. His body was gone and she's left with absolutely nothing. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. How in the world is Mary going to move forward with her life? See, in life, we all find ourselves in moments like this where we face something that feels, well, it feels hopeless. Something that wasn't necessarily part of our plan. And so we wrestle with the question of what do we do in this moment? What do we do with this? What do we do now? And I want you to catch something that Mary learned here in her moment of uncertainty. If we go back to our text in John and we pick it up with the last part of verse 11, it says this. It says, as she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have cried or carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Stop there. This is huge. Mary, in this moment, is face to face with Jesus. He's right there and she doesn't even see him. She doesn't recognize him. She's so caught up in her pain. She's so caught up in her her disappointment that, that she is missing the fact that Jesus is right in front of her. And I love how Jesus responded because we see that Jesus, he responded without getting frustrated. <laughs> he doesn't get mad with her. He, he, he just turns and he says her name, Mary, Mary, Mary. This was a moment where it all changed. This was a moment where it all changed for Mary. See, Jesus had showed up on her behalf. Her savior who was dead is now there to save her. He's alive and he is well and he's right in front calling her by name with a tone in his voice that is love, unconditional love. Let that sink in for a moment. Because life, it brings moments that overwhelm you and me. And you might find yourself in a moment right now where you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling lost. You're feeling like you have no idea what you're to do next. And the temptation that you're facing is to turn away, to turn and lash out in anger at somebody, to drown it in some kind of unhealthy habit, or to try to just run away completely. But I want you to know this, that there is another option that is out there. And that option is Jesus. That option is Jesus. And I know, I know that that sounds like a really churchy answer, right? Like you grew up in Sunday school and every answer to every question was Jesus. I, I get it. But I want you to understand this. The best that God could ever offer you, the best that God could ever offer you was his son. Was his son. 
And I want you to notice how Jesus showed up for Mary. The way that Jesus showed up for Mary is he showed up in a very personable way. He called her by name. He said, hey, Mary, Mary. See, when things, when things go bad for you, when life isn't working out the way that you necessarily plan, I want you to know that Jesus will be there and he'll be calling you by name. He's going to be in front of you. He's going to be beside you. He's going to be behind you. He wants to personally care for the pain of your moment. And that is so important for us to know that he wants to do that. And not only wants to do that, but he's capable of doing that. Remember, he showed up to Mary alive. He didn't show up to give her just good advice. He didn't show up just to give her an encouraging word. Instead, he showed up in power. Remember, he had just defeated death, hell, and the grave. So he showed up with power, all power. So sure, you might be in a bad place right now. You might have a problem that feels a little bit bigger than you, and it might actually be bigger than you. But here's the thing. I'm telling you, it's never going to be bigger than him. It's never going to be bigger than your God. It's never going to be bigger than Jesus. And this is why we find ourselves when we're praying to God, asking God, God, what do I do now? God's answer is always going to be my son. Because Jesus is God's amazing answer to our now what's. It's just true. He is. And because of what happened last Sunday, Easter Sunday, we will always have hope. But here's the catch. Here's the catch. The catch is this. We have to recognize it. See, Mary almost actually missed this. She was standing there crying. She's just weeping and she's wondering, okay, now what, God? What am I going to do? Where is Jesus? Who took him? Who, where is his body? And Jesus was actually standing right in front of her and she almost missed it. She was so focused in on her pain that she almost missed it. See, the same is true for you and the same is true for me. When we're facing that now what moment, we need to recognize that Jesus is there. He's in front of us, behind us, beside us, and he is present. And in, in order to help us recognize the fact that he is present, I want to give you a few steps this morning, okay? So here's a few things. You can write these down. Here's a few steps to help you recognize the fact that he is there. The first thing that you need to do is you need to talk to him. You need to pray and you need to invite him to get involved in your mess. Okay. Don't, don't necessarily under, or, or understand this. He's not going to force himself in. Okay. He's not going to try to push himself into your life. He's going to make sure that you are going to ask him in. So make sure that you do make sure you ask him to be involved in the mess. The second thing you need to do is you need to begin to look for him, okay? Because sometimes God is actually doing amazing things that we miss. We just don't see the bigger picture. Remember, he's up there and he's looking down and he sees it all. He knows so much more than we see. We see the what's present. We see the, the mess. He sees past the mess. So to help us see the bigger picture, maybe ask yourself two questions. Ask yourself, how has God already been working in this situation? And then ask yourself, what might God actually want to do in my life in this situation? Okay? Because it's in our struggle, it's in our difficulty that we oftentimes will experience our greatest growth. And so look for that. 
And the last thing that I want you to write down to do is begin to trust him. Trust Jesus, because oftentimes his timing is not going to be your timing. See, see, he might have a win that looks a lot different than your win. But if we trust him and trust that he loves us unconditionally, then we can trust that he's going to do what's best for us, which will actually move us forward in confidence that God can get us through whatever it is that we are currently facing. Whatever's going on outside, we can get through to the other side. Do not let fear hold you back from what God wants to do in your life because God is capable to do oh so much in the difficult. Okay? As we close up this talk today, as we wrap it up, I want to ask you a few questions. I want to ask you where you're at with all this. Where are you at with all this? Have you seen Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus into your life? Because the truth of the matter is, if you have not said yes to Jesus, well, then today could be your day. We always give this opportunity because we want you to know that he is standing there knocking on your door saying, will you invite me in? He's calling you by name and he's waiting for you to turn to him. All you have to do is say a simple prayer. Say something like this. Say, Jesus, I see you. I see what you did for me on the cross. Thank you for being willing to take my mess. Please forgive me. Today, I'm saying yes today to you. Today, I'm going to choose to follow you with my life. If you say a simple prayer like that, you can invite him in. All I ask is that if you do say yes to Jesus today, man, reach out to us, contact us. We want to celebrate with you. We want to come alongside you in this journey because it is a journey. And for those of you who are following Jesus, you know it's a journey. You know there's going to be ups and downs in the journey, right? We still find ourselves dealing with now what moments. Even though we're following Jesus, we still have difficulties. We still have messes that we face. Which brings me to my cue for this week. My cue for all of us this week is going to be this. In light of this whole uh, this whole pandemic, this virus, this COVID-19 that has come upon us, in light of that, I want you to wrestle with these two questions. How has God already been working in all this? How has God been working in this situation that we find ourselves in? Second question is this, what might he want to do in my life right now? What might he want to do in my life right now? As we finish up with these two questions, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember that God, he knows you by name, okay? He's bigger than your biggest problem. He's bigger than your biggest hurt. That it doesn't matter what you're facing, he's bigger than it, okay? He, you got to remember, he's defeated death. Not only has he defeated death, but he also is somebody who gives life, and he gives it to the full. And so I want you to know that you will get through to the other side if you lean in to him, all right? Know that. Let me pray over you, and then we will go and have a good time with the rest of our day, doing some things with the kids and all that fun stuff. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for being an awesome God. I thank you that you are a God that is big enough to get us through whatever problems that we face. And I thank you that you are always working wherever we are. Reveal to us the, where, the areas and the ways that you are working in our current situation. And also, Lord, I pray, Father, that you'll show us the ways that you want to do things in our life to grow us through this. Show us what that is and help us to lean into that so that we come out of this stronger. 
Let this moment be a defining moment in our lives that moves us to a better life, to a stronger life, to a life more connected to you. I pray this in Jesus' mighty, powerful name. Everybody said, wherever you're at, amen and amen.